OWC Radio number 34. everyone, Tim Robertson back with another exciting episode of OWC Radio. This is the 34th episode. Not a whole lot going on, to be honest, in the world of technology this week, but there's a few things. Antennagate. Yes, that's, I guess that's what we're calling it now. And Antennagate, of course, refers to the problems that Apple seems to be having with the iPhone 4 and the antenna reception issues and you know, I honestly think it's kind of silly. I really do. But, you know, they didn't ask me. It's uh, – I, I think it's a, a problem that's way out of proportion that's being covered by the media. Now, as we all know, living in the 21st century, when the media gets a hold of a story, they're going to sensationalize it to death. Now, that's not to say that the iPhone doesn't have – the iPhone 4 doesn't have some serious issues. Uh, When you hold the phone a certain way, you lose a signal, but only in very low reception areas to begin with. Yeah, that is a problem. Now, for me, a bigger problem, uh, and and it's one that I've been experiencing since day one with the iPhone 4, is the sensor issue. And what I mean by that is the proximity sensor. In other words, when you put the phone up to your face, the screen is supposed to turn off. And you want it to turn off, well... Two reasons. Number one, it saves your battery life. If you're talking on the phone, you don't need the screen on because it's right against your face. And number two, you can't inadvertently hang up on someone or push a button and that sort of thing. That's exactly what's happening with me. And to be quite honestly, I am getting extremely, extremely annoyed with this problem. Now, Apple had a press conference today as I recorded this just a couple hours ago. And um, I'm going to start with the problem that I'm having. And Steve Jobs said that they're aware of the sensor problem, the proximity sensor, I should say, and that there's going to be a software fix for this in the next version of the iPhone software, iOS 4. Now, they just came up with a uh, uh, came out with a software update this week, and I don't know why the fix wasn't there. Uh, Apple is saying that what this fix was for is to give you accurate bars, uh, signal strength bars, on your iPhone. And that's great. I'm happy. But that doesn't fix anybody's problem. It doesn't fix the problem with holding your phone wrong. And it sure as heck doesn't fix the problem that I'm having by muting calls or hanging up on people while I'm talking to them. That's a very serious issue. If I can't rely on my phone, my telephone... That's an issue. And to be quite honest, I can't lately. I can't tell you how many times in the last month I've been talking to someone and all of a sudden they start going, hello, hello. And I pull the phone back and sure enough, I hit mute. They couldn't hear me. If it's a business call, you really feel, well, stupid. Oh, sorry, I accidentally hit my keys. You feel like an idiot. And it's not my fault. It's a faulty product. The iPhone 4, uh, I'm sure Apple's going to sell a ton of them. 
And other than these two issues, it's a good phone. Don't get me wrong. But these are two major issues. And I'm wondering, Apple seems to be on this trajectory that every year at the beginning of the summer, they release a new iPhone. So next year, we're going to get the iPhone 5. Maybe, just maybe, Apple needs to slow down a little bit. Maybe 12 months in the incubator for a brand new phone isn't enough time. Now, there's significant differences between this phone and the last iPhone, the iPhone the iPhone 3G and the iPhone 3GS. Those were basically the same phone. They put a faster processor in the 3GS, a few other little enhancements, but the physical shape and the innards were basically the same as the original iPhone. The iPhone 4, radical departure. It looks different, uh, different types of chip in it. It's got the A6 or A4 chip in it, uh, whatever it is. Um, that's a, it's a big change. And yet they did it within a year, which meant that they probably had to freeze where they were on the phone three months maybe even two months before it actually shipped because they have to, you know, make the things. All I'm suggesting is, I don't know, Apple, maybe wait 18 to 24 months before the next phone. That's that's all I'm saying. Take a little bit more time. It's one thing if it's a laptop, you know, you, you, you crank out laptops really fast. But this is someone's telephone. It could be a matter of life and death. If I'm on the phone trying to tell the police where I'm at, and the proximity sensor is not working, so I've got them on mute, or heaven forbid I accidentally hang up on them, that's an issue. That's more of an issue than I can't connect to the internet or I can't get my email. you got to have the telephone working 100% of the time correctly. You just have to. There's, there's no excuse. So like I said, Apple had their press conference today, and uh, they announced the fix for that. The antenna issue, however, there's really no fix. It's just, as he said, physics. And their solution is you get a free iPhone case, and you get a free iPhone case, and yes, you get an iPhone. Everybody gets a free iPhone 4 case. That's the solution. And Apple said that they can't make enough bumpers. Really? You can't make enough little pieces of plastic? Okay. So they're going to go with uh, also third-party vendors, I, by that, I assume um, iPhone case makers like, I don't know, Spec or somebody like that. And next week, you'll be able to go to a website. You'll probably have to put in your iPhone 4 serial number, and Apple will send you a free case. That's great. I, I think that that's uh, very fair. But here's the problem. I don't like a case on my iPhone. I don't. And the reason being is I put my iPhone in a cradle on my windshield. I use the newer technology window mount. Now, it was made for and custom made for the iPhone 3 and 3GS. It fit that phone perfectly. But here's a something, a little bonus for me. I find out that it also holds the iPhone 4. Not very good. It's a little bit, I don't want to say wobbly. I mean, it feels secure in there, but it's not a custom fit. And it wasn't designed for the iPhone 4. It came out, you know, over a year before the iPhone 4. But it does work for me. Now, we're not advertising compatibility, but for my personal use, it works. But if I put a case on my iPhone, and I have a case for my iPhone 4, but if I put a case on it, I can't put it in the window mount. 
there's a lot of products that go along with the iPhone ecosystem that if you have a case on your phone, you can't put it in this docking station or that speaker system. And I don't think anybody wants to take cases on and off all the time. It's a big pain. So you either keep the case on and you can't use some of these peripherals or stands, or you take the case off and you got reception issues. Just seems like there should be a better way. Just just seems like uh, Apple really dropped the ball here, and I'm a little disappointed in that. Speaking of disappointment, no, we're not talking about my wife. Um, she's always disappointed in me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just kidding. Uh, a game came out for uh, the iPhone that I've actually been looking forward to for, oh, geez, over a month now. And I love tower defense games. And tower defense is basically there's a beginning part of the map and the bad guys come out of there and there's an ending point that they're trying to get to. It's your castle, it's your tower, whatever you want to call it. And between where they come out and and your little home base, you have to build an army, if you will, to stop them from getting at you. These games have been on the iPhone since day one. And this game I was really looking forward to. It's called Star Wars Battle for Hoth. Now, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Uh, as a matter of fact, this week... Um, Not last night, but the night before, so that would have been Wednesday night. Uh, Chad Perry, a friend of mine, and I actually went to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and saw Star Wars in concert. And go to StarWarsInConcert.com, and you'll see what it's all about. If you have that come in your area and you're a Star Wars fan, go. It's really fantastic. So I was really looking forward to the Battle for Hoth to come out on the iPhone. It's a tower defense game. If you know your Star Wars mythology, you know what Hoth is. It's a planet. And you're the rebels, and you have to build your little army up to keep the stormtroopers and the TIE fighters and the AT-AT walkers and all that stuff out of your home base. I was really looking forward to this. It's a licensed Star Wars property, so you're going to get the music. You're going to get the graphics. You're going to get the sounds of the Star Wars universe. Sounds great. And I I was really looking forward to it. Unfortunately... It's not living up to my high expectations. Maybe the iPad version will when it comes out the end of next month. I'm hoping. And, yeah, I'll, I'll probably buy that too. Uh, but I do have the iPhone version on my iPad and my iPhone. And I like it on the iPad better only because, you know, it's just so small. Everything's so small on the iPhone that it's just so much easier to play a game on your iPad. But the graphics, yeah, they're not very good, to be honest. For a Star Wars game, as I was expecting to see uh, a lot more detail in, in the action, if you will, in the little characters and the props and, and the set pieces and all that. And it's really kind of muddy. Um, you do get the Star Wars music at the beginning. But then after that, during the actual gameplay, they use some repetitive, really horrible music that just goes on and on. It's like on a... Of a 10-second, maybe a 15-second loop, and it's just wretched. And it's not from any Star Wars movie. I don't know where they got this music from, <clears throat> but it's not, you know, John Williams' music. I don't know what it is. It's horrible. Um, I'm, I'm just really disappointed. Now, this isn't an official review or anything, but I would think that if you're a small iPhone development company, app development company, 
and you get the Star Wars license to do a tower defense game for about Hoth, this is your best effort? Man, you really dropped the ball here. Uh, <laughs> and it's really disappointing because this could have been a great game. It just happens. So I talked about on the last show Hulu coming out on the iPad and how I was not going to download and pay a $10 subscription, $10 a month subscription free fee for Hulu on my iPad, which ostensibly is more television programs than movie. It's got some old movies, but if you want movies, Netflix is that way. That's, that's what you want Netflix for. And I happened to take a look yesterday at the Hulu for iPad app in the App Store, and it is just getting hammered in reviews. And every single review seems to be saying, what, this is crazy, $9.99 a month for this and blah, 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 and I still have to watch commercials. And, you know, I agree with that. It, that is kind of crazy that you have to spend 10 bucks a month and you still have to watch commercials. I had the same problem with the CNN iPhone app when it first came out. I bought it. It was either $1.99 or $2.99. And I still had to, They it, there's still ads in it. You know, as soon as you launch it, for the last couple of months, it's been like this big Lexus car commercial right at the beginning, this big logo. It's like, really, I'm, I'm paying for this app and I still have to watch commercials? I have to see ads? That doesn't seem right. And I understand why a lot of people are sending negative reviews in, but I also think it's kind of unfair to Hulu and to their app and the people who made their app to be getting such negative reviews when the subscription price, it says it right there. It doesn't say, hey, download this, and once you're downloaded, oh, then we're going to tell you you have to have a subscription fee. No, it's it's not like that. So no one's downloading it thinking they're going to be able to watch Hulu for free. You can do that online with ads, of course. But the actual functionality of the app works. So why is it getting marks? It's... A reviews rating system isn't meant to be a place to take out your personal political views on something like this. In other words, hey, I don't think I should have to pay a subscription fee to use this app. Well, okay, that's a fair uh, fair assessment. That's a fair opinion. So don't use the app because that's how you have to use this app. That doesn't mean you get to go on the official store website and write a review saying this app sucks because you have to have a subscription to Hulu. I don't think that's fair, and I honestly do believe for reviews like that, there should be some moderation that they can be pulled down because they're not helpful. They don't tell you if the app actually works or not. They're just giving an opinion on a pricing structure, and that's not what a reviews page is supposed to be for. If I'm willing to spend 10 bucks a month on this app and I have to wade through 50 reviews that simply say, this sucks and it's not fair and blah, 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 before I actually get to a review that says, does this app actually work well, that's a problem. And I think Apple needs to really start policing the App Store for some of these reviews. Now, I don't know how they would do that because there's millions of reviews up there at this point. Um, But something needs to happen. But see, most apps don't get a whole lot of reviews. Even the real popular ones don't have, you know, 500 reviews, but Hulu has a ton. And almost all of them, I mean, the the star ranking rating on the app itself is like one. And that's not fair. It's, I don't think that's right. 
there's places on the on the internet that you can go and voice your opinion, but the reviews section of iTunes shouldn't be that place if what you're talking about is a pricing structure. That's just not right. Do you agree? I disagree. I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. Podcast at MaxSales.com. That's the email address to send your thoughts to. You could send me either a plain Jane email or you could send Carrier Pigeon. No, I don't send a Carrier Pigeon because then I got to feed it and, you know, might be a couple days and then I still have to clean up after it and before I eventually send it back. So this regular email would probably be good. Or you could send a voice message. You could send that to podcast at MaxSales.com. Or if you just want to pick up a telephone, dial one 801 938-5559. That's my personal voice message system for OWC Radio. Don't call that if you want to order something from MaxSales.com, Otherworld Computing. It's not what the number's for. It's just to leave comments for this show, this podcast. But I am very curious on what you think. Do you think that Apple should police the App Store a little more than they do? We know that they took out all those uh, adult-themed games and whatever that they took out a couple months back. And a lot of controversy surrounded that, and I kind of agreed with Apple's policy. Well, here's another opportunity that I think Apple needs to step up, uh, take a little bit more charge of the iTunes Music Store, and and do something about it. So the next thing I want to talk about, if you're not a parent, you might not be interested in this, but if eventually you think you're going to be a parent, this might be something that you do want to listen to. And uh, if not, skip ahead about five minutes or so, and we'll get back to the technology topics. But this is kind of tech-related as well. So my wife and I have a lot of friends on Facebook. We both have, of course, separate Facebook accounts. And our two older daughters are also on Facebook. Now, we've never had an issue with our older daughters online because we had that talk with them. They know what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. They also know that when it comes to computers, their dad knows what he's talking about. And and if they are doing anything online that they know that they're not supposed to, that I'm going to probably find out about it one way or another and take the computers away. And I think we've done a pretty good job, and I think this brief story will illustrate it. So my wife had gone to school a year behind um, this person, this guy, but she didn't really know him. She gets a Facebook friendship request from him, as she does a lot of people that she went to school with, and she just accepts them, you know. Um, even if she doesn't really know him, it's not really a friend. She just accepts friend- Facebook requests. And I think a lot of you probably do the same thing. Uh, I do to a certain extent. Um, but I'm a little bit more selective. As such, she's probably got more friends than I do on Facebook. But I don't collect friends on Facebook, if you know what I mean. There's some people that just have like 5,000 friends, and it's like, you don't have 5,000 friends. Come on, give me a break. But anyways, uh, this one gentleman uh, she had gone to school with uh, sent her a friend request, and she accepted. Our 15-year-old daughter also got, a couple days later, a Facebook friend request from this person. She didn't recognize him, but she checked him, and sure enough, he was friends with both my wife and uh, two other people that my 15-year-old daughter knows, adults. So she thought, well, this must be like a friend of the family. So she accepted it. 
just not very long ago, uh, this particular person went and changed a lot of his personal information. He hid how old he was and that sort of thing. And then he started chatting. You know, it's kind of like um, I chat, but it's through Facebook. Chatting with my daughter was one of them and uh, wrote some very inappropriate things. I don't want to get explicit here, but um, let's just say as a parent, let's just say as a guy, uh, my first inclination was to grab a baseball bat and go take a little drive. He lives in a town over from us and visit with him, if you will. Thankfully, uh, common sense won out, and I didn't do that. But my daughter told us about this because it really kind of freaked her out. And she also had talked to a few of her high school friends, uh, age group between 14 and 15, and a couple of them, who this person had also befriended on Facebook, had initiated talks with them and said even more graphical things and suggestions And you really have to watch out for people like this. Now, my wife and I, we're not activists or anything like that, but we're also pretty tech savvy. Well, one of the girls in particular, we talked to her mom, and we got a copy of this chat transcript, which I promptly printed out, as well as the one for my daughter, through this guy, and we took them to the police. In 2010... You have to be proactive about this sort of thing. And as a parent, I have no tolerance for people who do this sort of thing. And I hope you're like me. In my suggestion here, and I'll even say I'm pleading with you, if you know someone or you know of an incident like this, please report it to the police. These people are dangerous, not to be trusted, and they need to be taken care of by the authorities. Now, I know a lot of people will think, well, he probably isn't going to do anything. He's probably just chatting with them. You know what? There's no way that any of us should take that risk. And again, if you know someone that does this sort of thing, report them. Okay, end of sermon. I'm not going to go into any more details, but I'll just say we're getting involved. And I I really hope that you do as well when it comes to this sort of thing because we should have zero tolerance, zero tolerance for this. Now back to your regularly scheduled technology show. I apologize for that, you know, but I just felt like I had to say something. And uh, I hope you understand. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that subject. Would you have gone to the police as well? Um, I I don't think I really had a choice. I mean, again, my initial reaction was baseball bat and use your imagination after that point, but I didn't. I went to the police and I'd I'd really like to hear uh, your thoughts on that. Should there be tougher laws? Should there be more groups out there actively, I don't know, looking for these people? 
podcast at maxsales.com is the email address. Lastly, I finally got my hands on a newer Android phone, um, Android OS on a mobile phone. I know there's a lot of people out there who think, who have asked me, you know, Tim, you're not happy with the iPhone 4, so have you thought about going to Android? And yeah, I've thought about it. And the problem is every time I play with one, I don't like it. They're clunky. The the OS is, I'm sorry, it's second right next to the iPhone OS. And I don't like them. I've tried them. Some of the screens look great. But it doesn't look as good as the iPhone OS. I'm sorry, the iPhone 4's screen. Some of the screens are bigger. Well, it's a phone. I don't want an iPad-sized screen. You know, I, I want something smaller. It's just a phone that has a lot more functionality, but it has to be portable. It has to fit in my pocket. And if it's in my pocket, I should be able to sit down. It shouldn't feel like I've got this huge thing in my pocket, you know. Um, I don't know. It just felt clumsy. I tried a few of the apps. And while they worked, there wasn't a refinement that I was used to, more than used to, that I kind of expect now with an iOS device like the iPad or the iPhone. And the more I used it, the less I liked it. And so, quite honestly, I'm going to stick with the iOS devices. I like my iPhone, especially once they fix the sensor problem. Uh, I really like the iPad. I'm, you know, the more time I spend with the iPad, the more I appreciate everything it can do. I had a friend. We had what's called the Battle Creek Hot Air Balloon Championships um, maybe two weeks ago. And my wife and I took the kids out to go see the balloons launch, and they had a little carnival rides thing going on. So we got them the wristbands, and they went on all the rides that they were old enough to go on. And ate a lot of very unhealthy food um, and had a good time. But I saw an old friend there named Sean. And uh, he asked me about the iPad. He said, hey, Tim, you're I know you're – because he's friends with – look, I'm talking about Facebook again. He's friends with me on Facebook, so he knows that I'm uh, an Apple guy, um, that I like Macintosh computers, that I use an iPhone, and that I have an iPad. So he says, I'm thinking about getting an iPad. I've got an iPod Touch now, and I'm trying to figure out is it worth getting – an iPad if I already have an iPod Touch. And I said, do you like the iPod Touch? And he says, sure. And I said, everything you like about the iPod Touch, other than the portability and being able to put it in your pocket, everything you like about the iPod Touch is 10 times better on an iPad. Uh, the biggest difference, though, is just simply browsing the Internet. I said, now, you probably have a pretty big computer screen, right? And he said, yes. And I said, but you probably sit two or three feet from it, or at the most, maybe a foot, right? With the iPad, when you're browsing the Internet, even though it's just a 10-inch screen, a little less, it's right there in your face. It's, it's very intimate. And you're not using a third device like a keyboard or mouse to, to navigate the Internet. You're simply touching it. And you're clicking links and you're swiping it up and down and left and right. And you're pinching and zooming and it's right there and it's a great display and it's really close to you. And you get an immersion using this that you simply don't with an iPod Touch because the screen is simply too small. And a regular computer that it's got a bigger screen but there's not – you lose that intimacy with it. 
So I suppose on my recommendation, he actually bought one. I got an email back from him, and he says, uh, you were right. He says, every single thing you said was uh, 100% right. Um, I really like this iPad. Uh, I can't believe how fast it feels browsing. It feels faster. He's a PC user, but he said, it feels faster browsing the Internet with this than it does on my desktop. And I did a speed comparison, and pages are loading about the same. But for whatever reason, it feels faster on the iPad. He said, scrolling, all that, simply fantastic. So, Tim, what app should I get? And that's a good question. And I think that's going to be a subject on either the next podcast, 35 or 36. I'm going to go with 10 apps for your iPhone and 10 apps for your iPad that you should get. Uh, and I'm not limiting myself to free apps. Uh, I think that if an app's good, you should pay for it. And I probably spend way too much money on apps as it is. You know, there's a Sam's Club store. It's kind of like a Costco. Um, I think it's owned by Walmart, actually. But it's a members-only thing. And I was in there because I'm a member. Usually everything they have is, you know, big. You get it in bulk. You know, if you're going to buy a box of cereal, you get three boxes of cereal for, you know, six bucks, whatever. And they had iTunes gift cards. I've seen them in there a hundred times. I never really stopped to look at them because... Yeah, you know, I've got my iTunes tied into my PayPal. But I happened to walk by, and I saw a price that said eighty four fifty, And I stopped and looked back, and it was a $100 iTunes card for eighty four fifty. That's like 15 and a half free 99-cent apps. I bought it. I was like, are you kidding me? That's... <laughs> That's free money. I'm going to spend the money on iTunes anyways with 100 bucks card. I got $100 to spend, but I only paid 85 bucks for it. That's that's awesome. So, keep your eye peeled for those types of deals because if you're spending money in the App Store, you might be able to get a card on sale, an iTunes gift card. I did. I think I've got like 35 bucks left, and that was only 2 weeks ago. So, yeah, there's some apps that I've been buying. And it's actually, honestly, it's not just apps. I bought a movie, two movies. My daughter wanted uh, some love story thing. So I, you know, what the heck, $15 later. Um, but it's kind of nice because when you're in iTunes, up in the upper right-hand corner, it will tell you how much money you still have left, how much credit. And I started with $100, and it's, you know, like 35 something now. And uh, that's kind of nice because I don't have to go to my PayPal to, to check it or if if I tied it in with a credit card, I don't have to call the 1-800 number on my credit card to see how much money I've spent on that credit card lately. It's There's just a figure, boom, right there in the upper right-hand corner of the iTunes window. And when I buy apps on the for the iPhone and the iPad, let me try that again, for the iPhone or the iPad, I usually buy them in iTunes on my computer. Usually, not all the time, but usually. Because it's just so much easier to browse iTunes that way than it is on the device itself, which is kind of ironic when I was just talking about how browsing the Internet on the iPad is so intuitive and so intimate. And yet, I don't think Apple's done a really good job with the app stores on the iPhone or the iPod Touch or the iPad as they have on the computer itself. I think they need to work on that. It's very limited views. And... I can't navigate as well as I can in iTunes. So 
there is that. So we'll be back next week. I'd love to get some feedback for you from you guys. Uh, Twitter.com slash OWC Radio or podcast at maxsales.com or 1-801-938-5559. The website is www.owcradio.com. Right now, if you go there, right underneath this podcast is a video called Video SSD Boot Test Number 3 4-Way Race. We test four different Mac Pros, I'm sorry, MacBook Pros, older machines against a brand new top-of-the-line MacBook Pro that's fresh from Apple, completely stock, and we test how long it takes to boot these three older machines with the brand new OWC SSD drive against the new machine. It's kind of embarrassing for the brand new machine, to be honest. Um, It's amazing. Go check out that video. I think you're going to be very impressed. Yes, I know that the SSD drives cost a little bit more, but Wow. When you when you just see the reliability and the speed increase, it's really hard to argue. It really, really is. So go up to OWCRadio.com if you want to look at the um, OWC drives, the SSDs, you can go to MaxSales.com. Love for you to check these out. You know, at least look at the speed test. Even if you don't want to buy one right now, if you want to see where your computers are gonna be in like two years, go watch the speed test. That's what computers are going to be doing in just a couple years. But you don't have to wait that long. You can have a machine of the future right now. So my name is Tim Robertson. Great talking to you. Hope to hear from you. Bye-bye.